Welcome to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Dr. Rogelio Ralzola, a PhD in health, exercise, and sports science, a strength coach with over a decade of experience in personal, collegiate, and professional settings, and a sports scientist whose main goal is to use testing and data to maximize your health and performance. And I'm Brooke West, holistic registered dietitian, practicing the perfect combination of a functional nutrition, science-based root cause approach, and hippie magic, with areas of expertise in women's health and hormones, gut health, and micronutrient balance. We believe that health is multifaceted, but not as complicated as others make it seem. Our mission is to share what works and what's BS in the health industry, all while having a good time doing it. Expect us to share everything from new research to tried and true health philosophies to alternative health therapies and the occasional controversial topic. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Health Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Brooke. I am one of the co-hosts of this party that we do on the mics every week. I'm joined with my co-host, Ro. What's up, Ro? What is up? Oh, you know, I'm just living the dream. It's uh, November. Actually, this so this comes out, I think, the day, two days after my birthday. So happy birthday, Ro. Woo! You're 31. <laughs> Wait, when's your birthday? Huh? When's your birthday? December 2nd. So it's in a couple days. Yeah. Oh. I know. Okay, I got to put that on my calendar. I hate to make this all about me, even though I'm a host, you know, but uh, I've earned it. I have survived another year. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What's that saying? Like, another bro with a podcast. Yeah, no, that's pretty (laughs) much it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I am am one of too many. Uh, Yeah. No, but things are good. I got a new... I will have to... Just prefaces. There, there may be some sounds all over the place. Um, I did get a new kitten yesterday. He's been here for a day, um, and he's tearing the whole place apart, as kittens do. So, you know, uh, <laughs> sorry if there's any sort of like weird sounds going on, or if I have to pop out if some, if you break something. But I'm good. Life's good. How are you? That does sound like good life update. Yeah. Good. Well, I want to introduce our guest today. Yes, We're balancing you out a lot of feminine energy, which you know I'm excited about. <laughs> but I wanted to introduce Love. So beyond being a dear sister and friend, she is the owner of Nectar of Life Sanctuary, and she's a duly licensed massage therapist and a cosmetologist. Um, she practices holistic, which you know I love. She focuses on restorative health and beauty and really loves to encompass the whole healing journey by approaching mind, body, and soul needs, which I find to be really beautiful. And she's going to share more about that on the podcast. Hi, love. Love, how are you? Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Of course. Yes, I'm so excited you're here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you talk about all the cool things you do professionally in a minute, but how are you feeling on a personal level? How are things in California? I feel really good. I feel good. very expansive. I feel like there's a collective shift happening for sure. Um, things <laughs> cannot be hidden anymore, which definitely <laughs> correlates to the body as well. So it's nice to see people showing up for for what needs to be healed and seen and witnessed and transmuted. And for me, it's just such an honor to be in this space and to witness and observe in my own life and in others. And it just, 
lets me know that we're moving along. <laughs> we're flowing. <laughs> we're going to make it. Humanity's going to make it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. It's a bit chilly here right now. I live in the woods, so mm. it's by the Pacific Ocean too. So we get that ocean air. It's a little chilly, but it's nice. It's refreshing. Reminds me of the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. I'm here in the United States right now, which I know I told you all offline, but man, my body's not used to this. <laughs> like my skin is struggling. Like <laughs> So it's soft. different, but I've Growing loved soft. the seasons. Mm-mm. I really have. Like, <laughs> my stepdad was like, do you need me to bring a humidifier into your room? And I'm like, actually, like this wouldn't be a That'd bad be great, idea. Actually. Yeah. Let's just recreate the rainforest environment in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, things are moving and grooving. Awesome. I wanted to flow into the new year is coming sooner than we think when this podcast comes out it'll be beginning of December what do you guys have going on this last month and going into the new year Uh, like I know professional wise this is the kind of the time of year where people feel really inspired to create change and I know we all believe in holistic real lasting change but I'm curious if you guys have anything going on or any just like thoughts or words of wisdom for this transitional period for people Love first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, definitely feeling that deeply. It's, as I mentioned, uh, flowing with the seasons. Things are changing. We can't hide from our innate wisdom anymore and what's coming through. I can feel it in me. There's times of feeling nervousness and uh, that's okay. We have to really lean into that. And for me, I'm super excited because I can feel the shifty, shifty happening. (laughs) I'm so busy, abundantly busy here at the center and really feeling called to cater to what was my last community in Sacramento. I'm just expanding the reach in Northern California here. So I'm taking clients over there again and there's the potential nobody knows (laughs) 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 to open another clinic there. So really looking forward to diving deep into curriculum and revamping from a new perspective than when I last taught back in 2018. So lots of goodness coming up and out of this season where I'll take the internal dive to evolution. Yeah. Okay. This expansiveness you alluded to makes a lot of sense. Even (laughs) more so. Congratulations. That's awesome. Let me give you a little teaser here. Bam. Oh, that's exciting. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. We don't grow that... from the comfort of our couch, and I've been <laughs> just kind of comfortable for a little bit. So. May grow sideways a bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, uh, for me, well, first of all, that's, that's awesome, love. It's always cool. I know we just met, but it's cool to see people do things for a long time and then like expand into like a newer thing or like a more, deeper more deeper geez a deeper level of like what they're doing so that's exciting i can't wait to to kind of see how that that plays out and stuff um 
for me, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, this is different. The end of the year has always, you know, with school, is always like, oh, it's a break because I just grinded for a whole semester and whatnot. Um, now with work, it's like the off season. So I'm, I'm really trying to like balance rest just because like the season is what it is. Um, but also just like learning, I kind of miss learning. So, um, earlier last week, this week really, I was like, you know, I'm going to wake up and every hour just get like an hour of studying and, and whether that's, you know, like I was reading up on iron and how it works with ferritin. Um, I was just learning about kind of some more macrophage stuff and just kind of tying into a little deeper of the stuff that I do know and what I spent the past couple of years kind of honing in on and just being like, oh, how can I actually start to utilize this and and just feed my brain the like the academic learning that it misses um, and kind of just grow from there. So yeah, resting and, and thinking about how I can take this information and make it more, you know, digestible not just for me, but just for, you know, my clients and my athletes and people who I think would be interested in that stuff. So yeah, I think it's just kind of being able to do the things that I have gotten accustomed to doing and doing it because I want to learn now instead of like, oh, I just have to take it to pass this class. Like, no, like I, I'm interested in the stuff again. So it's good. It's good. I guess I needed just a year break from school to be like, I miss school. So you know, I was gonna say, are you? You're not even like a year out post PhD, and you're like, let me start reading science again <laughs> yeah. an hour every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just because, like, you know, going into sports, it's like so different from academic life, and you know, the the data that we deal with and the information that we deal with is not the same. So, I just, I just miss. I don't miss sitting in a classroom and like, you know, learning off of a presentation or like a PowerPoint, but. I do miss just like reading and being like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Oh, how does that connect to yada, yada? And much to the chagrin of my fiance, because I'm like, oh, I learned this thing. And she's like, damn, man, like I've dealt with this for six years. Like, because you just not learn anything else, you know? <laughs> no, she's, she's very supportive. I think she also has realized that uh, I had some underlying ADHD or something. And she's like, oh, you just need this. Cool. Well, yeah, awesome. Listen to me ramble so it's been good what about you for me ooh, um this time of year is coming around quicker it's so quick like you you know just once you start to like hit november i feel like it's like the super speed time warp for sure but it feels so different this year than in previous years, which I, I really attribute to all the work that I've done and the focus that, and the attention I've given my nervous system and just like really coming back into my body. Uh, so that feels really good. I'm really proud of that, especially being with family and in some really challenging just life situations. It's, it's like a really good test to see how I show up differently and then yeah. how other people respond to me very differently. So it, that's been really, really beautiful to watch. And I'm really excited about the new year. You know, it's no surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast or either of you sitting here, you all know all the things <laughs> that I've been in this very deep healing portal for my own personal things that I was sorting through. And 
what's interesting is now I'm really emerging. I feel like I've gone through a million deaths and it's time for, you know, that rebirth that I've been feeling and building. And now I'm noticing it mirrored in my business. And so it's really like this, all this work that I do and this rebirth that I've gone through and all these things on a personal level are now coming on a professional level. And it's been really interesting to navigate, but something that I'm excited about is how this is going to change things that I've been planning. Like I already have plans through June of next year. Mm. So I'm really excited how this is going to change my business and what that's going to look like to just bear my heart and be raw and show up unapologetically in my beliefs and how I want to support people in their journey of health and healing. So it's been an edge, but it's going to kick off in January with something I've never done before. um, A three week program called purify and someone messaged me and I'm like, well, how is this different than your other program you did when I was just starting to share details? And I'm like, it actually has nothing to do with nutrition. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with nutrition. And I'm instead focusing on endocrine disrupting chemicals and how we can support ourselves by cleaning up the environment and the world around us. So it's very different. And I'm really excited to share more of my knowledge base and how I've helped myself heal and how I like to support others heal. So that's kind of what's going on in my world as I'm leading into the new year. Yeah. I'm still going to probably eat Tide Pods, but like, I think it's great <laughs> that we should be focusing on microplastics and stuff like that. <laughs> I so. can't with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So good times. All right. Before we roll into <laughs> the podcast, which I'm eager to get to, we do have a question of the week, which is for you, Ro. Mm-hmm. Could you recommend some good core exercises aimed at strength training? For context, I find that my core is really holding me back from my heavier lifts. Yeah. So uh, if you have been following me on Instagram uh, and then also talked about it on the past couple episodes, throw my back um, at the end of October, which, you know, not a big surprise, uh, just the way I was living my life. Um, but I was like, you know what, like I, it's been a long time since I've kind of like torn down my core work to the, to like the bottom and then redone it all. Um, so I was like, well, let me just like do core every day. Right. And kind of find new challenges and work on some rehab stuff uh, that I sorely needed, but also as, as a new challenge. And as I've posted about, posted about it, um, I've had questions like this come up, um, which I think is really interesting because it mirrors what I do in my own training, which is, or what I did, I have to be better, um, which is, you know, if you can squat heavy and deadlift heavy, um, you have a strong core, right? That's like kind of the the prevailing thought, especially among like power lifters and, and heavy lifters. Like you can't do that stuff if you have a weak core, Um or you can, and it comes at the expense of your lower back or, you know, some other muscle that's being kind of pushed a little too hard because there's like a weakness. So the ability to transfer power and whatnot um, becomes hampered. So I, I expected to get kind of questions like this. And uh, it's it's a really great way for me to kind of just be like, first and foremost, how often are you training your core, right? And we can define what core is and whatnot, but how often is it? And when you do it, is it an afterthought? So like we had a conversation, Brooke, uh, Nicole and I on like why males want 
big calves, right? How come, you know, they're obsessed with this and whatnot and kind of talked about the training of it. Like if you train calves at the end of the workout, you're already tired. Um, you're not going to get that growth that you want. So in the same vein, if you are like, yeah, I hit core three times a week, it's at the end of your workout. You've already kind of spent not just like energy, but like the mental focus and energy to be like, oh, I, you know, need to focus in on this, but I've been clanging weights for an hour. Like I, just, I don't want to do it anymore. So you kind of tend to half-ass that stuff. Um, and I think that that's the first thing. If you are treating it as an afterthought, you're putting it at the end of a workout um, and you are not like actively trying to get better at it, then it doesn't matter what you're doing. You have to do it better, right? Like I can't say, oh, do it another day. Like you're missing more volume um, if you're already kind of, like I said, half-assing it. So that's the first thing, right? Treat it like an actual exercise and like you actually want to get better and get stronger. The second thing is, you know, that's like asking what's a good way to, like what's a good exercise to increase my squat? Like there's a ton of variations out there that you can do. You can and should focus on things like flexion and extension of your spine, right? So like a curl up or, you know, going backwards um, and then rotation, right? Those are kind of the three main movements, but then you also have the anti of those. So your ability to not flex, your ability to not extend when a weight is imposed and your ability to not rotate when a weight is imposed. So if you focus on that, those six things and having two exercises for each one a week, that's a really good way to just start out and be like, hey, like that's maybe 10 minutes of extra work. I would front load that at the beginning of your workout so that that's like you have a lot of energy. That's a main focus. It's there. Um, and you don't have to, you know, like I said, put it off to the end and then be like, I'm going to skip this anyway. Um, and with those like 12 exercises throughout the week, you can do that any any day, right? On a rest day, you can do it at the beginning of any workout. So if you're doing three to four times a week, then you're doing one or two exercises each time. And then on an off day doing, you know, some extra work. Um, so while I don't think it's like appropriate to say, here's a specific exercise to help train your back, right? There's a lot of things we have to take into context, like your training, how often you're doing it, blah, 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 stuff we normally talk about. Um, I can say that you should try to get two to three uh, sets or two to three exercises of those six movements in a week, and then you should be golden. And like everything else, right? You don't just do all of that one day. You have to build up to it, especially if you haven't done that work before. Nice. I've never thought to front load it. I've always like put it on the back end, which very easily becomes something I don't do. So that makes a lot of sense (laughs) of like, put it on the front end, give it your all and focus. Yeah. I mean, it's like same thing, like, oh, my arms are growing. Like, yeah, you do it at the end of the workout. Okay. Like they're spent, right? But if you have like a full on arm day and you actually want to grow them, then you have to put in that effort and it like is not, can't just be an afterthought. So catch me walking around with an eight pack in about six months is what I'm saying. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I just don't want to have pain. So. 
Nice. Well, I'm really excited for this conversation we're about to dive into. We're going to talk a lot about the lymphatic system and lymphatic drainage. And I know we've talked about this topic in passing or in the context of talking about a lot of other different things, but now it's time to shine. We're going to give it, we're going to give the lymphatic system its own moment. Um, and love has a lot of experience and credentials uh, doing massage therapy, cosmetology, all like herbalism, gua sha, like you do all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so what better person to talk to than you? And I wanted to start off with maybe more of like a personal question, but I always think that the personal journey and the healing like usually weaves into how we end up in certain professions yeah. and supporting people. So I'd love if you'd share how you started doing the work that you do and sharing, you do things also in a very different way, combining different modalities. So whatever you feel like sharing, but I would love to know how you got here. Sure. So I like to say that my journey of healing has definitely been the contribution to what I give in my practice as well. Uh, Being that, I went through a lot of stuff for many years. Uh, After having my son, I was 20 years old. I was riddled, riddled (laughs) with blood clots, not just in my right leg, but then went to my left leg and up through my vena cava where then I had an IVC filter put in. I was in the hospital for three months and blessed with my last rites to life by a chaplain at 20 years old. (laughs) And I'm just too stinking ornery for that. I wasn't (laughs) going to hold on to somebody else's life sentence. And thank goodness by the power of prayer, which I definitely know as energy work. I had lots and lots of people praying over me all of the time and blessing me with their beautiful energy and the life force energy of this beautiful system that we have here, uh, that higher frequency of love came through and just bolted me into a new place in my life. And it wasn't right away that lymphedema was present or known to be present in my body. I've always been super active, grew up on the swim team, playing basketball, shot put, track and field, soccer, like all of the things. And having the blood clots really put a damper on that. I, would, I didn't walk for three months, so I had to learn how to walk again with a walker, all the monks having a new baby and all the things. So it really peeled back all parts of me and just put me in a really raw state of frustration and Uh, It was a lot, (laughs) 20 years old, super frustrated, not knowing what to do. And I gained a lot of strength through that. And I I mean, it really peeled me back. I've always looked at myself as being like an okay looking person, but due to lymphatic stagnation, I was losing hair and I gained a lot of weight. I'm 5'3 and got up to 240 pounds and my skin was really discolored and all things. And I feel there's definitely a place for Western medicine, absolutely 100%, um, for acute situations, for tests and all of the things. Um, It definitely saved my life in the position that I was at putting that IBC filter in. But when it came to 
healing and really getting down to the root of what was going on with the hair loss and the weight gain and the pain, the back pain, the leg pain, the Raynaud's, the lupus, the all the things that ended up from this uh, Western medicine kind of failed me. Um, I had exhausted them big time. I was told to just lose weight. And I'm like, how do I do that? I'm in pain. And then I was prescribed narcotics for a very long time, which then lowered my pain threshold. So it wasn't doing anything at all. Uh, and I didn't realize that because I was in this constant loop of the unknown. I didn't know that there was a holistic approach to anything. And I just was eating crappy and my thoughts weren't positive and all of the things. And I was on a search. I was not taking somebody else's answers for my life to expand because it wasn't. I kind of had basically, I was at my wits end and if I didn't change things, then things weren't going to change. And I was very, very sick and probably would not be here today if I didn't like take the rain. <laughs> and I can't exactly remember how it all started other than back pain. Uh, my back was out also, I mean, to the point of not being able to get up and urinating on myself because I couldn't get up. I was in so much pain. And I remember my grandmother introduced me to a Bowen therapist, Albert Lachelle, who is one of my teachers as well, uh, helped me through Bowen therapy, get my back fixed. And he, he was so gracious and offered me a class in Bowen therapy. Cause he's like, I think you're really going to be good at this. And I was like, okay. So that kind of took me on the dive into holistic healing and I started feeling better. And I started noticing that my hair was growing back and really saw how Bowen therapy worked with the lymphatic system as well. I didn't really understand it back then, but I knew something was shifting inside of my body. And then I somehow, some way found myself to a lymphatic drainage therapist, Julie Strasberger, who is my goddess in shining armor. <laughs> uh, I started seeing her and my hair started growing back really fast and my skin started changing and the weight just started coming off and I look like a different person. I show people pictures of me back when I was 25 through 28 and they're just like, no way. Like, how can that be you? I was super puffy. I was just a whole different person. I looked 45 then and now being 40, I look like I'm more like towards the 30s. So I can say that I've seen this work go from healing my physical, healing my spiritual, my emotional and when we start to clean up our insides of our body, then it's definitely projected outside. And that's where I had more flow in my life because my inners were flowing. And Julie, I was seeing her for two years. Uh, she was bouncing back and forth from California and Folsom to New Mexico. And one day she told me, I'm not coming back to Folsom. <laughs> and I was so sad. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I had been really leaning on this woman for my care and I felt so good. And 
what was I going to do without her? And I told her that, what am I going to do without you? And she's like, well, I think you're going to be really good at lymphatic drainage. I think you should go take a class. So it was through divine whispers of people who were caring for me that always led me. They were guiding me to these places of empowering myself and taking charge and taking my power back and being that healer for myself, not giving that to anybody else. And it's interesting. I went and took my first LDD class with Chickley Health Institute. And I swear when we say yes and we're ready to heal, things just happen. Uh, Bruno Chickley is a world-renowned osteopath who has a huge institute that's worldwide. And usually you don't get to talk to him unless you've taken the upper division neuro osteopathy classes. And after taking LDT1, I got a call and it was from the admin director at the Institute. And she says, well, Bruno wants to talk to you. And I'm like, what the heck? Bruno wants to talk to me. Like you guys don't even know who I am. Like I took an LDT <laughs> class, like why? And I never used Skype before. I never did anything like that. And he wanted to Skype me. So I was so nervous and deleted everything off my phone and got set up to talk to this world famous doctor. And he gets on, he's a French man. And he says, hello. And I'm like, hi. And I pulled over on the side of the road and he goes, you are not driving, are you? And I'm like, no, I'm not driving. I pulled over and he's like, good. <laughs> and he just told me that he wanted my help on a project. And that was it. And he's like, I, he goes, yes. And I go, yes. And he goes, okay, talk to you soon. And I wow. talked to the admin director and she's like, so what did he say? And I'm like, you guys want my help with a project. So yes. And she was like giggling and she's like, Bruno, he's so silly. And she's like, he wants you to work for us still to this day. I have no idea why they never, I never submitted a resume. I didn't do anything. It's all divine intervention and path of my yes. Uh, so I ended up working for the Institute for two years, which was such a blessing, uh, learning all kinds of osteopathic method of Bruno's, uh, wisdom and intelligence. He's a mastermind who really taught me a lot, taught me how to gain sensitivities in my work and his beautiful wife, Alea Chickley, who focuses on heart-centered therapy, inner child and ancestral healing. That was a huge component to gaining those sensitivities. I remember asking Bruno, how do I get as sensitive as you? Because I swear he would like hone in on a cell. And I'm like, how, how? And he's like, you got to do the inner work so that you're not projecting onto people when you're holding safe space in their body. And I'm like, right. okay. And that literally has been the best advice that I have ever received. And that's exactly what I did. So I was on a mission to healing my inner wounds and becoming more sensitive with the energy in the body and being able to hold a sacred space. And through Bowen therapy, <laughs> osteopathic, uh, work through lymphatic drainage and neuro work, heart centered therapy that then 
led to shamanism. I've been studying shamanism since 2014 and I have a couple of other teachers there and it's just really been a beautiful blend of all of these modalities and mother earth too, returning to mother earth, putting my feet in the soil and learning her wisdoms of observing the waters, the flow. And it's just been a really crazy journey of basically healing myself that's led me to this work and what I can offer other people. And I've seen, I look back at those pictures of that, that wounded young lady that I, I once knew, and she's always there to remind me that if I can do it, anybody can do it. And we just have to say yes. And it hasn't been something that happened overnight. Surely it was many years of little alterations of diet and thought process and dedication and devotion and discernment, discipline that led me to where I am and I'm not going to stop. And I feel like our wounds, some of our traumas, our struggles are our greatest gifts. And I am forever thankful for lymphedema, for blood clots, for the lack of flow that I had in my life that now leads me to the bigger picture. I can now say that I have the seasoning in life to move forward. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing the story. Yeah. Um, I've, you've shared those pictures and, and your story with me before. And it like really is like, you're such a testament of how you can turn your, your wounds into wisdom and that it really does get to be a gift if that's how you choose to view it. And you say, yes, like, I love that. You're like, this is, this is what happens with my series of yeses. Yeah. Uh, so that's really beautiful. Yeah. What a life, huh? Crazy. What a life. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to dive slightly into, for someone who's never heard some of these terms, like someone who has maybe heard what the lymphatic system is, can you explain briefly like what it does and like what is something like lymphedema and what does that feel like or look like for someone? Sure. Uh, the lymphatic system, it's what we are. If, from my perspective, we are water this is how the energy is carried. Our frequency is carried through the water. Um, a lot of people still don't know, and that's okay, that you are water. Uh, we're 70% water. And this system is basically a transportation highway of bioavailability, of nutrients, but also our sewer, our inner sludge. And when this system gets <laughs> compromised and congested, we become like a swamp inside and those bioavailable nutrients aren't able to be absorbed the way that they would had we had an open flowing system. So it's really, really important that we get in touch with this system and who we are. We are 70% it. So it's really important. Like I said, in my past, I had no idea. I was carrying so much weight. I was losing hair. I looked very old, all the things. And that was all attributed to a swamp inside of my body. And lymphedema is interesting. It can be primary or secondary. Primary would be something that is more in your genetic line. And secondary would be something like what I developed post DBT, 
um, due to venous insufficiency. Lymphedema is not comfortable at all. It's abnormal swelling of the tissue and Sometimes it can be a weakening of the lymphatic vessels. Sometimes it can be due to post-operative or injury. Uh, I I see a lot of it in my clinic with uh, post-mastectomies. Post-cancer happens a lot. Uh, But yeah, it's it's not comfortable at all. And it's something where preventative health maintenance through lymphatic drainage therapy which is a manual therapy done by the hands um, because the lymphatic system doesn't have a central pump like the heart for the blood. It relies on musculature movement. And in those situations of injury, sometimes we're not able to physically move. And that's where stuff like Dr. Robo was saying that Robo was saying is that flexion and, and extension is super important, even at the least. We have to keep moving. We have to move. And that's the lymphatic system. It really relies on moving. Even if you're walking or rebounding, there's lots of stuff that we can go into how to support your system later. But yeah, lymphedema is not comfortable and there's a lot of ways to help manage it so that it doesn't get out of control. Yeah, I think yeah, when... I think a lot of people... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like, I, I feel like... There's only been two times really where, where when I've heard of the lymphatic system, and one is like in class because my research kind of delved into recovery and macrophages and like the immune system. But it's like you know when you get sick, people check their lymph nodes on their on their neck, right? And they're like, oh, is it swollen? Like, oh, something's coming, right? Um, and like that right there speaks to how important it is for your health, right? Like, oh, hey, you're gonna get sick, or you are sick this highway or, you know, this hub where everything's kind of meeting, like there is a lot of water. There is a lot of, or there are a lot of like immune cells that are trying to build up there and get shot out and doing their best to, to fight whatever infection's coming. And like it, 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 yeah, it's like the only time I have ever really heard of the lymphatic system and that was it, <laughs> you know? So I, like, it's not surprising that unless you've gone through something like you have that it it's not like in the forefront of health in any way, shape or form. Cause you only think about it when you're sick. And that's if you know to like check your neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I've been reflecting a lot lately on the education I received <laughs> as a dietitian, and it's just so compartmentalized. You know, I think the lymphatic system was maybe one lecture in my anatomy class. I think that's if it even got its own lecture. I don't remember. It might have been combined with something else. And yet this seems to be such a key piece. I know for me personally, like this makes such a difference in, you know, managing the things that I do with the different things in my health and autoimmune. So it's just wild. I love it. Um, so one of the things that I think is extra cool is I had the opportunity for you to work on me and it was the coolest thing ever because I could immediately start to feel it was, it was as if she was just like with a finger able to open a door and I could immediately feel the water and the energy start moving again. And it was incredible. By the end of it, 
I, I really just felt like I was some kind of natural high. I'm not going to lie where I was like, okay, like this is wild. Cause you just feel all the pathways open up. You feel the water moving, you feel the energy start moving again. And I had, was struggling at the time just with a lot of puffiness. And I, the next day I was like immediately deflated and it's made a world of a difference. And those are those moments where you know, a lot of people might not know what the lymphatic system does or that this really exists or that it could be influencing their health and how they feel. And one day they're like, oh, I've gained 10 pounds overnight. And I describe this as more of feeling like a balloon animal version of myself. And I just shared a picture on social media of that the other day of like what that looked like uh, to be really sick for me in that balloon animal version of myself. But it wasn't true. In my eyes, it was like it wasn't true weight. It was just that I was I was stuck. I was holding more water. Things weren't flowing. I was in that swamp, as you described. But I wanted you to share about your personal philosophies and how you connect to the body's water, because I know it's so much deeper than just manual lymphatic drainage. And so I was curious if you would share more about that and how you support people. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I feel like nowadays there's so many people... And I was in this as well. It's that flight or fight and that sympathetic nervous system response. Many of us don't even know what that parasympathetic response is like anymore. And so when somebody comes to me, I, it starts from the conversation or even before then, like I, on my website, educate, educate, educate. That's what's so important for me is educating people to take their own power back. It's empowered healing from the inside out. And to also emanate love, like how can we be held in a space if there's no love present? I have had in my years of seeking lymphatic drainage for my own healing journey, I've had a couple of different ways of receiving it, whether it was super clinical and lights on and really no connection. It's just the palpating. It's the pumping of a hand working and yeah, you get results. You do definitely, but there's something when you can connect with the person on your table. And for me, it's super important. I educate people about the lymphatic system first so that their body can fully receive what's going on. And even if they can't receive some of the terminology I have, pictures, diagrams up on the wall where I can explain the initial lymph pathways to them and how to best support themselves in between sessions, but also creating a loving environment, having that aesthetic and cosmetology background as a cosmetologist doing hair for 20 years, I definitely became a therapist. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) The dual degree. (laughs) Yes. And, but also having that esthetician, that spa-like background, and then with herbalism, I wanted to weave everything together because it is the holistic approach. It's about safe container, but also weaving in herbs and being able to have recommendations, how to support yourself in between sessions. And I feel like the two most valuable things in my practice would be to love people first, because we all need it, create that space. And then also education. It's so important. I, I knew that when Julie left me, (laughs) when she went on her, the next part of her journey, 
that I was feeling kind of stuck because I didn't have a lot of education, how to support myself. And that's something that I wanted to provide in my own practice was to have education to support. And quite frankly, there's not a lot of us lymphatic drainage therapists. And that's why I'm stepping into educating again is because we all need this. We all have the system. And unfortunately, there's a lot of chemical debris in our lives, no matter where we go. And we need to educate people about this. I mean, even as doctors or dietitians or massage therapist, even we don't get a lot of education about the lymphatic system. And this is our immunity. This is preventative health maintenance. Yeah. I, I do love that. You, you said the, you know, the two main things are like love and education. Cause you know, I, I came from like a hard nose grind, um, lifting kind of centric coaching style um, just being a, a male who wanted to get big and, you know, watch bodybuilding videos of these guys just training so hard, right. And whatnot. Um, and when you were talking, I, I thought about, and you know, you made the comment about like a dual degree, right. A therapist, uh, how personal trainers and like coaches are right. Like in, in any coaching sphere, one, like you have to have the education to understand what's going on and to teach people. But like so much of it is just being able to connect with that person, especially like in the context of personal training, right? Oh, this person is paying money going out of their way to see me at this gym for the next hour. We're going to do as much work as we can do. But that person almost always is like, guess what happened at work today? Oh my God, this happened last week. Yada, yada, yada. And like you show like, love you provide that service by like listening to them but it's also like that's how you get them to come back that's how you get them to be involved and want to keep exercising or in your case want to continue to take care of themselves like within this new thing that i've never heard of right so like maybe they've never heard of and like they're coming back because they feel safe enough to be like oh let me like try this thing so i just think it's always funny that even though this is new and, and different from kind of my scope of practice and everything, it's, it's all essentially the same thing, which is you want people to feel good and you have your way of doing it. And like they come back because they like you and they feel loved and appreciated and, and that helps them, you know, continue to do work. So it's always neat. I feel like it's really important though, too, because I'm meeting people where they're at. Um, yeah. And it's vulnerable when you're coming in because you've had breast cancer or you have cancer or you're wanting to work out something spiritually or you have a swollen limb that hasn't gone away in 10 years and it's debilitating or it messes with your self esteem because you're carrying something that you don't know about. Uh, there's so many different levels of awareness that come into this work. And with my knowledge and wisdom and the way that I see the lymphatic system is so much more than just the physical state in the body. It is water. Water's programmable. It carries our narrative. So that's where the bridge of like osteopathy and shamanism come in and basically doing shamanic lymph work. And that can be vulnerable. People have really huge emotional releases. And what do we do when we are not holding on to that old story anymore 
of course, I want to see and hold these people in a way that I would like to be seen and held, not just coming in for a treatment and then being left out there to deal with it. It's, there's an integration process as well. And my lines are always open to my clients and they know that they can always reach out if they don't really understand what's going on. Then we talk it out. It is about connection. That's so beautiful. And so above and beyond having worked with a lot of different practitioners, I've definitely never met anyone that takes that level of care when, when doing like hands-on lymphatic drainage work or even massage work for that matter. Like I've never met someone I think who holds it in, in that way. So I, I always really respect that about you. So I want to talk about what are some ways, you know, that someone's listening to this and they're curious, you know, okay, well, how can I start to work with my lymphatic system at home or be more mindful of how to protect it to make sure everything is flowing as it should. What are things that you recommend people can do in their daily lives? So I definitely think that just having the awareness that we have a lymphatic system is like the start for sure. Uh, There's lots of different tools like skin brushing, which by the way, I, this is humbling me because I have had a lot of clients tell me you need to put something together like a skin brushing video and, or how to rebound, how to do self drainage And I always think, well, there's so much information out there, but really like there's a seat for every chair. And this is like lighting a fire underneath my butt because <laughs> I, I do want people to know how to do it and how to do it correctly and how to get the the most out of their time too, right? There's lots of skin brushing videos out there, but how do we do it in a way that's super effective for our time too? Like I would say opening the initial lymph pathways of the clavicles and the axilla, which the clavicles are right at the base of the neck and the axillary nodes are in the armpits. Opening those pathways before we go into a skin brushing routine. Um, so yeah, that that's coming. <laughs> Um, but skin brushing is really great. Um, movement, walking, definitely, um, elevating your legs is really important. Um, I also like doing hot, cold, which is if you're in the shower, you can get it warm and then get it as cold as possible and alternate because what happens is a vasodilation when things are warm, there's expansion through the vessels and then vasoconstriction with that cold water. So it's essentially creating a pump in and out. Um, That's really important. Rebounding. Rebounding is jumping on a trampoline and you you don't even have to do anything serious. You just need a slight little hop in it. And your feet don't even need to leave the base of the, the trampoline. Really, really good. Trampolining is like the best and most, it's really low impact. So Mm -hmm. it's not something that not everybody can do. I think that most people can do it. Flexion and extension, also stretching, super important to open up those pathways I would say um, that diet is a huge contributor because what we're putting in, we live in a cause and effect world. So if you put something very acidic in your body, you're going to have an acidic response. If you put something that's alkaline in your body, you're going to have an alkaline response. And just as an example, so if I'm eating white sugar or dairy, 
that's very congesting to the lymphatic system. It's very mucus forming. So it causes a sludge within the lymphatic system. I can tell right away if somebody's a big butter eater just by palpating their lymph. So really being conscious and it's okay if it's just one thing, like if you are a dairy eater and a sugar eater and that's your go-to, I get it. Like I was there, I did all of those things and slowly maybe have one cup of milk or one teaspoon of creamer instead of two. And maybe you try to have one sweet a week, but you'll slowly start to realize that by eating foods that are less inflammatory to the system and and less mucus forming, that you might have better skin because that's a contributing factor of the lymphatic system, or you have better movement, range of motion. There's so much that the lymphatic system affects. Maybe better immunity. You're not getting sick as much. Maybe that cough that you've had for a year now starts to dissipate because you don't have that mucus forming um, foods in your body. So I say skin brushing is an amazing way to start. You can pick them up at your health food store. I know even Rayleigh's in Bel Air. I don't know where people live, but you can buy it online. <laughs> you can totally <laughs> buy it online. Um, skin brush. And there are videos online. I don't think that you can go wrong. You always want to be very gentle with the lymphatic system because it's water. If you can imagine placing your finger in a cup of water, just the slightest little touch is going to create a huge ripple. And that's what we're working with, with the lymphatics inside of the body. It's never something that needs to be super aggressive. Uh, um, Skin brushing, rebounding, walking, movement is so important. Um, I highly suggest too, if you're a traveler like myself to invest in compression garments, Mm. It's really important um, for the plane uh, or long travel because it's very congesting. A lot of people get swollen feet, swollen ankles during traveling, and those um, compression garments will help. Even if you're standing on your feet all day or long-term sitting, I really highly recommend getting some kind of light weight compression. And they make so many good leggings even nowadays that are not custom-fitted garments that are only available to some, like there is a lot available out there. Um, yeah. So those are some ways that you can support your lymphatic system. Nice. So I have a question about the skin brushing or, or dry brushing. Um, so how often would you recommend people do this? Cause I've heard different things. So I need the expert to clear it up. (laughs) Yeah. I would say three times a week, two to three times a week. I wouldn't recommend any more just because when you're skin brushing, you are fluffing off a lot of that dead skin and we want to have some kind of barrier outside of us. So I would say two to three times a week. Okay. Okay. So then the other thing, when would be the best time to place it? Because I know like if you're taking a hot shower, like, and you mentioned how much of an impact that has the hot and cold. Do you think before a shower, after a shower, totally away from a shower, like when is the best time to do dry brushing? I always like to recommend doing dry brushing before a shower or a bath. And then after I like to put on oil because a lot of us are oil 
dehydrated too, which a lot of people don't think that dehydration has a thing to do with oil, only water. But when we can fluff off that skin and then put an oil on our skin, maybe that has, um, I don't know, some kind of medicated oil for the lymphatic system or oil just in general, and then getting into a bath, it will really help. You can also do an Epsom salt soak in your bath after skin brushing. It's super beneficial, but I always recommend doing a skin brush before a bath or a shower. I miss having a bath so much. Yeah. I'll use a neighbor's and do a, up some salt soak sometime. That yeah. doesn't, that sounds creepier than I meant it. Rose yeah. laughing at me over here, but. No, I, I thought you meant you missed having one like when you were in Costa Rica and I'm like, you don't have a bath, but you have like, uh, like a pond, like an actual water <laughs> thing. So I was just a little confused. I do. I soak in my river spot when the sun is out, but I'm not sticking Epsom salts in my river swimming hole. <laughs> Naturally good for you though. Minerals from the rocks for sure. So another thing I wanted to get your opinion on was gua sha. I don't really do it on my body much, although I know you can use this tool for all kinds of things, but I really love it for the face. And I was curious what your opinions were and frequency wise, if that's something we should be mindful of, like dry brushing, or if it's okay. I know for me, it's like oil, gua sha, if that's something you could do every day, or if you should be mindful of spacing that out. I think gua sha would be okay to do every day. Um, It just, again, goes to that touch. Like how, how are we gua sha Because so many people are gua sha but they're just kind of go by the tool and really don't understand how they're doing it um, and what the pathways are. And are you doing it for lymphatic drainage or are you doing it for fossil stuff? Um, I would say, though, definitely you could do it every day. Can I cut in real quick? What What is gua sha? You two are very much in a world that is uh, not one that I think is like mainstream. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> These are gua sha's. Um, gua sha's can be crystal implements, could be wooden implements, and they are used to stimulate circulation and collagen, also break up fossil adhesions around the body. Um, very good for lymphatic drainage as well. You use them very gently. Um, but yeah, they're just tools that are really available and out there. So you're just using that crystal piece of wood to like actually like rub up on your face or wherever? Yeah, so you could go with the pathways of the lymph and go really gentle to stimulate flow. Um, It's extremely valuable in my lymphatic facials. I love them so much and it feels really good. With the crystal ones, usually you can put them in a refrigerator. So you are getting that vasoconstriction. And maybe like if you're getting in there for the fossil lesions, you can kind of rub back and forth. But usually for the lymphatics, you would do a sweeping motion to the node wherever you're aiming to go because there are pathways in the face and a direction of flow. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it uh, funny because there were a couple weeks, a couple weeks back, a couple episodes back, I don't remember who we were talking to, but 
I mentioned that I take my massage gun and just like ram it on my face every now and then. And it feels so good. You know, I love that massage gun to just like, I don't know if I'm, you know, kind of doing my, uh, what was it? The skin brushing. Um, but I'm just like, I just love to rub it on my body. I know that it helps me feel warmer and, and whatnot. And that's in the context of like getting ready for exercise or just to kind of relax. Um, it's definitely, I don't, I wouldn't say it's as peaceful as Gua Sha because the way you were doing it seemed very like gentle and I just mm-hmm. love to just like smash my face with it. It feels really good. Um, but that may be, you know, something that I'm doing kind of without even realizing that it's something I'm just like, oh, this feels good massaging my face. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. doing it. So I've been vindicated. Well, I, think when I, well, I think when I first started doing these practices, as I was just learning, I was absolutely applying way too much pressure. Like I was acting like I was waxing a car with my dry brush probably. <laughs> so but what, what's the, is, I'm assuming there's a downside. It's probably not actually productive, I would imagine, to moving the water. It's more just like pushing. I don't know why I'm getting this visual of just like pushing it down and not really making it flow. Yeah, so that's just it. And this is a a good point to bring up because I see online too that there's so much misinformation out there. People are being super aggressive with the lymphatic system, especially with all of these post-op treatments for body augmentation stuff. Um, And I just kind of cringe. I mean, yeah, people may not even know that they're doing something that's not in full alignment with these beautiful sacred waters inside of the body. Um, But maybe they haven't been educated either in an advanced way as I have and getting to know the vessels and the initial lymph pathways and which way the valves go and how they work. And these initial lymph pathways are hair like fine capillaries. I mean, they're really, really intricate and When we put too much pressure on them and we're rough, that can cause a collapse. So especially important with those people who have compromised systems like from node removal or lymphedema, you really don't want to be rough in those instances because what can happen is the fluid can fill back up and you're not getting anywhere and cause more havoc. There are there is a mapping technology to these systems too. So if you're compromised, I highly recommend seeking out a specialist who actually knows advanced techniques rather than just going with somebody who thinks they, they know, and they're like, ah, it's fine. Like, it's not fine. We don't want to push more fluid to a compromised area, rather support and redirect the flow to where it wants to go so that we can have the best results. Um, But yeah, definitely pressure matters. And for somebody like myself who has broken capillaries in my face and in my cheeks, I don't want to be really getting in there roughly with gua sha or with cup or with manual movements from hand pressure because that can cause even more breakage. So it all just depends. But really, like we we could really be seated, seated in our feminine in this. And be soft and gentle. I feel like we're coming out of a paradigm too where it's like get shit done and everything has to be so rough to be able to move stuff. And it's not that at all. The waters are very feminine. There's a feminine essence to the waters. And that's where I really feel like 
it's so healing to be able to first connect with the fluid and feel like, what am I feeling? Ask yourself rather than just diving into a gua sha session and like rubbing this thing on your face rigorously back and forth, like feel, what am I on? Oh, I'm on water. Well, what does it feel like to be on water and really engage and have that, that ritual, that practice for yourself too, I think is really important. I love to view these as rituals you know, of like, a, it's really, in my opinion, a great time to slow down and be present with yourself in a way that most of us are not like in, an, in our data, like we tend to just go from one thing to the next. And so I think it's like a beautiful invitation of like, yes, there's absolutely some incredible health benefits. There's even some great like aesthetic benefits to it. Oh, yeah. And it's also an opportunity to make this a self love, self caring ritual and go deeper. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, before we wrap up the podcast, are there any other final thoughts you want to share or anything that's on your heart? I feel like everyone, (laughs) we all need lymph work. We all do seriously. Like there are other countries outside of the U S and other countries. I can only speak for my own where I live, but I've witnessed there are other countries that are, they get it. They do lymphatic drainage twice a month or once a month for preventative health maintenance because they understand that this is lymph for longevity. You want to live a thriving life, get lymphatic work. Even if you're not out there getting it yourself, seek out some kind of self-drainage or start asking yourself, what is lymph? get accustomized to what you are. I mean, this is, we are water, we are lymph. And I think just bringing the awareness into ourselves, even doing a mindful meditation, I think is really sweet. Just feel what it feels like to be you. It's, we're so busy. We even forget sometimes that we are 99% molecular water. (laughs) We are 70% lymph and just be gentle with yourself. It's taken me years and years and years to get all of the information that I have in this, but you can start small, start small, start somewhere, maybe changing the water you drink, stop drinking water out of plastic bottles or something, and maybe stop eating so much butter and congratulate yourself when you do. It's these little movements that lead to huge victories and be gentle. And I highly recommend reading Lymph Link because that is a really good book. I have (laughs) not read that one, Lymph Link. Yeah, it's a really good book. I feel like um, that's a good place to start for people, for the – the person who's not even wanting to study, or maybe you do want to study lymphatic drainage. Um, but lymph link is a really, really good book. I feel like these are the things we should have learned in school, not, you know, algebraic math, but (laughs) (laughs) all important, all important. You know, I, I, it's, you know, when I, when I think of, you know, I, I look at things through the lens of exercise and like I'm hearing these things and it's like the movements, the contractions and like that's also why we push exercise so much. Like you mentioned that 
they I didn't know that the lymphatic system didn't have its own pump. Makes sense that like, you know, even though we do have a heart, like part of the reason exercise is so good at being anti-inflammatory is because like when we contract, like we are helping, like we're putting extra pumps throughout our system. And to, to think that it's also like playing a role in like the immune system and all the things that go with like, quote unquote, detoxing and like feeling better, like these are kind of the deeper things. So like, yeah, we learned that exercise is good, but you know, we don't all have to know why or how it is, right? That's otherwise we would all kind of be out of a job, right? If like everyone knew that like everything already, but it's like, when I think of like why I move and when I move, it's like to, to add another piece of the puzzle in my head to be like, Oh, like my lymph nodes are getting like extra work to just help facilitate water movement that I already know is happening. But just to like think about that now is, is interesting. So I probably think about it for every lift for the next week, just because that's how I am. And then totally forget because I am, you know, blessed to not have to deal with a lot of the things that like you two have and and gone through that. Like my issues are musculoskeletal because I'm an idiot. You know, it's not like it's never been any sort of like immune thing. So um, yeah, it's just, it's cool to have like another deeper understanding of, of why in my life, like exercise is good, but for someone who may be interested in this, like other things you can do to help kind of facilitate flow within your body. Yeah. I think this is like baseline preventative care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I also, um, the book of lymph is a really, really, really great book. Highly recommend um, that one by Lisa Levet. She is amazing. She has a bunch of uh, self-drainage techniques in that book. And also my website, I have a lot of really good educational information about lymphatic work and all of the other modalities too that I offer that do contribute to the waters in the body. Um, so highly recommend visiting Nectar of Life Sanctuary.com as well. And I'm always open to answer questions about the system or how to direct you to a therapist. If you live outside of an area that I can't reach you, I'm really close with the Institute and can direct you to a lymphatic specialist. Or if you're interested in becoming one, I'm happy to help you with that journey too. <laughs> so cool. We'll make sure your website and your Instagram is in the show notes so people can find you and see the expansion that's happening Mm -hmm. um, and reach out if they have questions or to connect with you further. But I just want to thank you so much. This is really cool. You're the first person uh, that's a part of our soul fam that's been on the podcast with me. So thank you for saying yes and joining me to nerd out and, and share all of your magic, even beyond the science. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you both for inviting me and it definitely lights a fire for me to get some of that introductory level stuff out because we do, we all need it. Thank for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. We'll see you again in seven years, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, on that note, Ro, would you like to take us out? Yes, of course. Cue that music. Peace out, everyone. Bye, y'all. Peace out. 
Thank you for listening to the Health Unfiltered podcast. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, rate the podcast, and share this episode. Connect with me, Dr. Alzola, on Instagram at ROI Health. For more details on all things sports and human performance coaching, visit GetROIHealth.com. You can find me, Brooke West, on Instagram at WestNutrition.co. For all the ways we can work together on nutrition and holistic health, visit WestNutrition.co. And don't forget to send us your epic questions of the week on Instagram at HealthUnfilteredPod. Catch you next time.